0: Hello, and welcome to another Quiet Mind podcast. My name is Robert. I'm your host. If you haven't been here before, what we do is we talk about a quiet mind. And you may find this to be a little silly or ironic that there would be a lot of talking about how to have a quiet mind. And this reminds me of. Probably one of my favorite reviews that's on iTunes. It was way back when I first started the podcast. I don't remember the exact date, but it, uh, it just cracked me up. Uh, I didn't know it, but my RSS feed um, had stopped working. I probably deleted it by mistake on the server. And someone wrote the review, zero episodes. Now that's a quiet mind. I love that. I think that is really funny, because that that really is the truth. You know, if there were zero episodes and you went to listen, it would be very quiet. Anyway, why would we be talking so much about quieting our mind? And what's important about that? And what difference does it make if we have a quiet mind or if we have a noisy mind? Well, this goes back to A realization that I had I was talking to a good friend of mine years ago and I thought you know what the real problem here is is that my mind just won't shut up it's just constantly going even in my sleep I'm having dreams which are subconscious thoughts thinking right and I thought well if this thing would just quiet down (laughs) I would be a, a lot happier and and I'm not saying that everyone has the same kind of issues that I had then with having this, you know, discursive thoughts and also self deprecating thoughts that were flooding my mind all the time. And I didn't know if this was normal or abnormal to have this kind of thinking pattern. I thought maybe everybody thought like this. But for myself what happened was that this actually turned into something that created what you might call phobias or fears. And one of those was being out in public around people. My mind kept telling me that they were they were all looking at me, you know. And I had a lot of, you know, body issues at the time when I was younger and went through a lot of awkwardness in my early teens. So, when I discovered um, a book and a writer named Vernon Howard, he started to talk about the fact that, do you notice that you have thoughts? Do you notice that you have a, this conversations going on in your mind? And what, like taking an assessment of what, what are these thoughts? And that's when I started to do journals as well, too. Um, read the book The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, which I highly recommend. And she had in there these exercises called morning pages. And we talked about this a couple of podcasts ago. And that's when I started to, to do this early morning uh, handwritten journaling where I would just sit and following the instructions in her book and just write three pages of whatever. Whatever came up in my mind. And this was quite eye-opening to see exactly where my state of mind was and what it was I was thinking about and what it was I was putting my attention on. Now, of course, there's a lot of talk right now about how we're creating our reality by what we're thinking. And without going into that too much... That's not really what I'm going to touch on here in this podcast. It's not about whether or not we are creating our reality or our experience with our thoughts and thinking, or whether or not those thoughts can actually manifest into something physical. Or There are people that even say that when something bad happens to you, it's because of your thoughts and the way you were thinking. I want to refine that a little bit in this podcast, because the times that we're going through right now, are extremely difficult. There are things that I miss that are no longer in my life. And one of these is, I miss talking to people. I miss eating in restaurants. I miss going to thrift stores and wandering around. That's one of my favorite pastimes. And I'm really curious, uh, what do you miss? What do you feel that is no longer a part of your life that was before and you're finding that, that you can't do that anymore? Is it socializing? Is it going out? Is it um, being able to even do something as simple as going shopping without having fear that something might happen? Share those thoughts with me. I'm on every social media platform that there is. I'm on, you know, Look, just look up A Quiet Mind on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. You can direct message, or you can send me an email the old-fashioned way at aquietmind at gmail.com. But I'm really curious, what is it that you miss? What is it that is no longer in your life because of this pandemic situation that we have? I'm extremely curious about that. So send me something, email or whatever, and uh, I read all of those, by the way. So once again, what I was missing was social interaction, and the job that I did before all of this happened was I was a tour guide. So I would see, you know, maybe 30 or 40 people a day, it just depended on how busy it was, and they would be in my jeep with me and we'd be together a couple hours, 3 hours. And there's a there's a lack of that in my life now. And what am I filling that with? What 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 is the new thing that is happening right now that I'm filling that time with? And for me, I do a, a lot of studying on this subject matter of a quiet mind, how to attain a quiet mind, how to get a quiet mind. And like I said, that's been kind of my area of interest for many, many years. And then I will share these insights with you on the podcast. The podcasts are patchy, they come and go, because I have a tendency to be kind of a perfectionist and therefore I'm not going to really talk about something unless I have really put it through its paces. I have a tendency to want to kind of tear things down and then reassemble them. But there are some things that I believe that I can speak to that I think may help you in uh, your navigation of what we call samsara, right? This, this world, this world of air quotes, illusion, right? Which is a very real illusion for most of us. And there's a tendency within the spiritual community that once we say and realize supposedly, theoretically, that this world and this experience is an illusion, we can somehow rise above, right? Or bypass what is happening right now this is extremely difficult to do, and I think at times could be damaging. When you look at, for instance, the fires that are happening all over right now in um, uh, California, Oregon, we see that and we have a feeling about that, and that feeling arises within us, are we just going to chalk it off to Oh, it's all just an illusion. It doesn't matter. This is a material plane. The important thing is that I am spirit, having a human experience. So therefore, whatever's happening here now doesn't really have anything to do with my higher spiritual perspective. And I know that that might be quite controversial to say that, but I have been bringing it up because I think what's happening there for us is is that really resolving whatever issue we have? Or are we just kind of shelving or burying those feelings and those emotions? Within Buddhism, empathy and compassion is a really big deal, right? And I think I mentioned this in the last podcast that apparently the Buddha was inspired to share what he had discovered because of the compassion and empathy that he had for others when he saw people were suffering Um, unnecessarily, right? That they didn't need to suffer. That doesn't mean that we learn how to turn off our emotions, right? We don't turn the emotions off so we don't suffer. That's not what this is about. We don't bypass our history and the traumas and the things that are happening to us now that are, are igniting these feelings and these emotions. That's not the point. And once again, these are just my thoughts on the subject. I'd love to hear your thoughts about it if you want to share. But my thoughts are this. There is kind of a plat there are plateaus that you reach within your spiritual journey, whatever you want to call it. One of these plateaus is is oh, I don't exist. And I I was on that for quite a while. And you learn how to to stay on these plateaus and kind of process this supposed enlightenment or awakening or understanding to a point of where you see that you really you really don't know. Right? You really can't say for certain that I don't exist or I do exist. You find this middle ground, that middle way of being able to function, process, be a human. And I, I love that statement of coming down from the mountain with gift-bearing hands. You can look that one up if you want to. Uh, it just in a nutshell, what it means is you've gone through enough of this stuff. That's the trash truck. <laughs> I was wondering, whoa, what is that? <laughs> I'm outside in my in my little uh, meditation hut in my zendo recording right now, and here here comes the trash truck. so just going to let him pass, that's fine. Um, just like we're going to let those negative thoughts pass by, right? And it's it's like that part of it in this plateau that I'm talking about reaching is is that understanding after the fact of realizing, yes, in fact, this is samsara. This is this place that we look out at and we we have to shrug our shoulders or we have to shake our head and say why why is this happening why is the west coast of uh, the united states on fire why are these beautiful trees burning up and we can say well you know that's that's the course of things that's how things are supposed to happen and and anyway it's just all an illusion that's not what's important I'm a spiritual being here having a human experience, and I need to learn. This is my school. This is my university. I have to rise above these feelings. And like I said, that doesn't make a lot of sense when you understand the motivation behind a lot of spiritual teachings and and a lot of teachings from particular spiritual gurus or leaders or teachers. When they're talking about empathy, compassion, and love, if, in fact, all of this is really an illusion, what then would be the point of anyone who realizes that to want to help? Why don't, why don't people just understand this is not real and get past all of that? Or the other thing is, oh, no one really exists, so there's no point in saying anything about it. So like I said, there are these plateaus in that realization uh, of these enlightenments or awakenings or epiphanies, whatever you want to call them, where you you actually say, well, you know what? I cannot, and this is a big jump, I can't really say for certain, oh, I don't exist. This is all an illusion. No one else exists either. Okay, so this might be out there, but I'm I'm getting to a point, and that point is remembering that regardless of what a spiritual understanding, awakening, or enlightenment we may have, we might have to really assess our understanding of it to make sure that we're not skipping parts of the path of understanding, setting aside what that really means when you perceive this as an illusion. What what does that do with your level of compassion, empathy, and love for all sentient beings? When you suddenly say, I am spirit having this experience, and this is all an illusion, everyone's on their own path... They're creating their own existence by what their thought patterns are. And as a matter of fact, nobody is really here. (laughs) None of this matters. It's all material. I am going to move on to other dimensions. So why should we have compassion and empathy for others? Why should we care if other people are suffering? Not just people, but sentient beings. Why... Do we care? Take a self-assessment. Are you suffering? Do you feel pain? Do you feel loss? Do you feel frustration? Do you feel anger? Do a self-assessment. If you're feeling these things and you have the ability to be able to see that all beings are experiencing this, what do you do with that understanding? When you understand, oh, I am not alone, and you're never alone in this, I'm not the only one that is having these feelings and these emotions and this experience in this crazy, mixed-up, chaotic world, I can look out and then I can see the suffering right now. It's very apparent. I can see the loss that people are experiencing, and I feel it deeply. So what is my responsibility? Am I supposed to sit here in my meditation chamber until I have uh, reached the ultimate perfection of understanding, wisdom, and enlightenment, that I am wholly uh, immersed and abiding in the absolute in the bliss, and then that's what I'm doing. I'm working on that level. I'm actually changing the reality because I've changed my thought pattern now, that's a it's an interesting theory, and I get it, and I understand it, and maybe there are lots of people that are doing that right now, and because they are, it's having some sort of effect on the whole balance of the earth. The whole yin and yang thing. Yin-yang, however you want to say it. I'm from California, you know, Southern California. Yeah, we have a, a way of uh, torturing other people's languages like uh, no other... Anyway, back to the point. So within the practice of understanding and knowing that as individuals we're experiencing loss like we talked about, what are you missing right now because of this pandemic? Um what what losses have you experienced? And really taking that in and feeling what it is that we need to feel. And Understanding there may be a point where we we can't let go of it or we can't process it. We're, we're we've slipped into depression, and learning how to to recognize just just how bad someone may feel because we feel that way. That's empathy and compassion, right? That's what we get empathy because we know other people are suffering. It's quite obvious. But can we do something about it when we are suffering and in pain and feeling loss? And why should we do something about it? And what difference does it make? This is all, this whole thing that's happening is crazy. It's beyond my reach, it's beyond my scope. I can't do anything about it. I'm helpless. I can't make any changes at all in what is going on. I am completely uh, at the will of whatever <laughs> right the powers that be will just say and and i have anger and fear and frustration about what's happening in my life but i but i feel completely and totally helpless and that makes me feel frustrated and angry sad and depressed oh but it's okay it's it's all just an illusion and that's great, you know, when you really have reached that plateau of understanding, and it's no longer a theoretical uh, thing, right, where you really know, oh, this is an illusion. So when you've plateaued on that and you're coming back into the fact that you're, you've you got to come down off the mountain now and you've got to get back into the marketplace, you've got to start dealing with others, and what you're bringing are these gifts of understanding, Oh, everyone is suffering, not just me. Everyone is in pain. Everyone has experienced loss. Everyone has experienced frustration and anger. Well, what about those people up there? They don't feel that. Well, yeah, in a way they do. Everyone feels this. Of course, there are special, you know, circumstances where some people do not have compassion and empathy for others, but they can still feel their own form of pain and suffering. So why should we care, (laughs) right, if other people are suffering and in pain? What about me? What about what I'm feeling? What do I do with that? Is a quiet mind going to help me? Well, I can only speak from my own experience, and being able to sit quietly has allowed me to experience that, there is a part of me that is calm. But not all of us are going to want to do what I did to have that become a part of our lives. So what are the little simple tools that we can use to be able to navigate the illusion? Why don't we just call it the real world, too? Because... That is a perception as well. Like I said, we don't know if it's real or if it's fake. A lot of spiritual masters are going to tell us this is not real. But understand this is very interesting. If you read a book from a spiritual master, (quote unquote, understand that especially in a question-and-answer format, that at that time that master was answering a question from a specific student. Right, the master then understanding where that student is in their understanding, giving an answer from that point, so that the master may have seen well. This person is is that I've known for a long time is asking me this question, and I can see that they're focused on materialism and money, and they're promiscuous, and they they you know they have. Uh, they have only a drive for, for things in the material world, so therefore I'm going to give them the bump that none of this is real. You see where I'm going with that? That means that um, a lot of those things that are surfacing in the teachings like that, they may or may not really resonate where you are right now with your understanding and your path in this exact moment. So we need to go back to key things too, as well. It's very good to talk about this material world being illusory in our spiritual practice when When we know that the person is is um the part of the struggle that they're having in understanding is that they're they're immersed in material possessions in the material world in order to fulfill a void or gap that they have within their themselves on a very personal level. So not everyone is struggling with that. So if it's taken out of context, you see, then you could very easily misunderstand what that particular teacher was trying to say to that specific person in that moment. And I'm talking about, you know, old books, stuff that's been around a long time. There are these basics that are there, and like a parrot, you know, I keep coming back to those same basics. Why? Because I need the reminder as well. When I started this podcast in 2005, um, a guy that I worked with, you know, I, I was teaching him meditation, and he said, why don't you make a podcast about this? And I didn't even know what a podcast was. Long story short, We Have a Quiet Mind, 2005, right? So maybe I digress here a little bit. But when I first started the podcast, I didn't know that I was talking to anyone. So what I was using it as was a reminder for myself, to remind myself of these key points that I had realized after many years of meditation and study. There were some key points that I understood that helped me navigate the world, the real world. They were tools and one of the tools was acceptance i talk about that a lot accepting where we are right now how things are right now you know it's a big one and, but it isn't about blowing off how we're feeling what it's what it's about is finding that ground or stability where you can stand to be able to see process feel and understand it's not about accepting something terrible that's happened in our lives so that we can push it aside and move on and bypass that the feelings and the thoughts because going into how we're feeling is where that we cultivate that compassion and empathy and what am I going on and on about compassion and empathy for because i think it's it's really important that's why i do this podcast i do it i do it because um, I feel everything that's going on with everyone because I know within myself where I'm at and I''m, I'm I say to myself, wow, I, I really need to have that reminder, right to get up in the morning to keep going. that reminder that there's there's it doesn't really need to be a goal for being here. But if there is in finding compassion and empathy for others is is pretty good. That's a that's a pretty good reason to be so what i'm trying to say is i hear you i see you i feel what you're feeling i understand and that idea of acceptance of the way things are right now just just not trying to push it away but just saying okay this is the way it is right finding that ground of being in that place and then what tools do I need to be able to navigate this craziness, especially now when really what we're getting is this amplification of what we may or may not want to say is bad, bad stuff, <laughs> right? Bad stuff. And I'm always pointing back to that understanding and knowing of and or abiding in this absolute, this loving awareness that's the, the ground of being. Well that may all sound like gobbledygook. <laughs> Even though I keep repeating it, it may it may say, "Well, what? Well, how's that going to make a difference in my life? How is that going to help me to have this oh, there's this ground of being, there's this loving awareness. Oh, Robert, experience that and whoop de doo." <laughs> how does that how does that help me when um, when my house is burning? How does that help me when I've lost my job, when I've gotten sick, when somebody, when somebody I love has, has passed away from this virus? How does that help? The simple thing is this. It's okay for me to remind you of that, but I have to also include within that the, the basics again and again. Acceptance. Acceptance without bypassing feelings, emotions, traumas. Acceptance without saying, I created that. I made that happen. Certainly there are circumstances where we do create a negative response from the universe, yes. But when we're in a, in a place of being victimized, that, that doesn't really hold a lot of water. Not, not in my book. I mean, from past traumas I had have had in my life, I can't say to myself, "Well, I created that." <laughs> uh, what? Yeah, you could you could say, you could say things to that effect with, with things that are a little bit more literal, you know, like uh, I don't know I don't want to give an example on that, but that acceptance except uh, there's nothing I can do about this. This is the way it is. Um, This is happening. I am experiencing these feelings. That's just acceptance of, of what's happening right now. And in a deeper way, what if I could never change any of those things? And the point being behind that is not so much I'm going to become passive or I'm going to become collapsed and not think that I can change my life because, of course, most of us can. It's being able to come from a place where in that deeper understanding and that acceptance, there's a part of us that at that point is letting go of other emotions that are attached to the circumstances that are arising in our life right now, so we can get a clearer view and we can come from a place that's more stable. We're going to work on stabilizing the feelings and emotions around what's happening in our life. Okay? So then we can take a couple steps back and take another look at it, become clear, find that space to get a little bit calmer about this situation. It's not that we're going to accept it and then bury our heads in the sand. That's not what I mean by acceptance. It's just a phase. It's a plateau of of a place where we can reach it that has this, this solidity to it. And then in that realization, in that relief, we, we get a good, clear, focused uh, path or direction in life. This is the way it is for me now. I accept that. Okay? What if I can't change it? Can I accept that? Let's say there's something that's going on with me, with my body, that's beyond my control. It just is what it is. If I continue to to think that I need to change that, or it needs to change for me to feel happy. But the fact is that it cannot change. Where does that put me in my level of understanding the circumstance that I'm in? I'm in what we call denial. A lot of things can be changed, but we may need to accept those things that can't be changed. And that's not so we, like I said, we reach this level of, of where we're going to be passive about it. It's just we're taking a step back so we can, so we can reassess the situation from another viewpoint. In other words, we're letting go of all of our attachments to why we think that thing needs to change. And then we're gonna we can analyze it if you want to. Why do I think that needs to change? Most things can be changed, but start with. Accepting what is so. Super powerful place to be. And one of the other things that we talk about is being honest with ourselves. Self-honesty. And that means digging in. And without becoming self-deprecating, digging into a point of where you really put yourself under the microscope. And it's this self-analysis and this comes from, hey, if you do what I do, where you sit in the morning, like I did this morning, and you stare at a blank wall for, you know, forty minutes or an hour, there's stuff. <laughs> there's stuff there that that comes up, that floats through, that passes by. Everything from uh, music, songs, cartoons. Bad memories, good memories, all kinds of stuff comes up. So there's this self-analysis that happens on this cushion that's really bizarre. So yeah, like I'm breaking the Zen fight club rules again, and I'm thinking <laughs> while I'm sitting there. Yeah, it's all part of the process. So can I be honest with myself and understand that, wow, oh, you know, I, I, I don't have any control over my anger. That's what I mean. I have very little control over my emotions. I have a tendency to think really bad thoughts about myself and beat myself up. I'm so much of a perfectionist, I can't get anything done. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about with self-honesty. And once again, the caveat (laughs) here is don't start beating yourself up by being honest. Once again, this is where the morning pages from our pal, Julia Cameron, that can really help. And and like I said, I'm just speaking from my own experience, that in that process of being able to get up in the morning and and kind of do this free-form writing, you you start to see, well, hey, wow, I guess I'm really grouchy, or why am I, do, do I really feel this? This is what I feel about when I was three, and... They beat me up on the playground. You know, it, it all comes out in this journaling. Very powerful. So just to review, we're, we're talking about, again, acceptance. We're talking about self-honesty. We're talking about using journaling as a tool to understanding. And these pages are just for you. Don't show them to anybody. Um, one of the other great tools is, of course, a practice of meditation. If you can do it, please try. Even if it's only for five minutes, and you know we've talked a lot about the how-to, and really there's a lot of information out there about how to meditate, and I encourage you to explore that, look into it, find that thing that works for you. You know, like I said, I started out with a very, uh, a very strange method. I went to the Earhart seminar trading when I was a little kid. It was like 1977 or something. And they, uh, they taught us how to, to meditate there. And of course, it was all material-based <laughs> about creating your reality. But anyway, that, that's another podcast. Uh, I don't want to dissuade you from creating your own reality. But meditation time now for me is interesting because where I spent many years seeking and trying to find out things within the practice and trying to accomplish goals and reach certain levels after many years of doing that it's become a place for me to be able to get a deep rest it's like uh it's like sleeping while you're awake very interesting so just sitting sitting there now and mind mind is quiet pretty quiet still things come up that's fine the the idea is that you know the 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 persistence there is that you know what, are we going to reach understanding in in sitting quietly and i would say i would say yes i would say it's a it's a it's an amazing way to let the stirred up lily pond that's all muddy settle down and why of course there could be part of the process here where you are picking up things understandings knowings enlightenments awareness Right now you can't see, but I'm doing the David Lynch hand motions. (laughs) Yeah, I digress again. Anyway, so without speaking too much about benefits, just sharing where I'm at within my practice now. After I whatever twenty seven years or something, and uh, a lot of that being the practice of uh, zazen and but before that that was self realization fellowship and before that was the the airhard seminar training when i was a little kid um so all these things were happening and 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 utilizing a, a lot of different methods to be able to reach this point that i'm telling you that i'm experiencing now where this is just it's just resting it's resting in, in a in a quiet place, and I'm not trying to get the Buddha button for accomplishment here. You know, that's not why I'm sharing this with you. What I'm sharing is that that there, I I would have never imagined when I started doing this that there would be a point that I would reach where my meditation practice was a practice of of deep rest and a and a and a, and a sweetness that I, that's that's um very. Nice, <laughs> anyway, so I wanted to review a little bit too about what we talked about within the last podcast, where we were bringing in um, some some more mindfulness things, which I think are wonderful it's not really within the specific Zen tradition that um, that uh, I'm familiar with, but it uh, doesn't make any difference because for me, it worked, and that that was the trick of becoming aware of where your thoughts are while you're doing mundane things. And not so much things where you would be um, using a lot of thought within that particular activity. Like, let's say you're doing code or you are uh, taking orders at a fast food place. It's not that so much. It's where you find this place where your mind is actually... Coming to a a latency period, I guess you could call it, where you're doing an activity that you do so much, you don't really have to think about the activity while you're doing it, brushing teeth, any kind of grooming, you know, showering, uh, washing dishes, sweeping floors, you know, any kind of activity like that that's, that's automatic, even driving, which is very unsafe, but... Those kind of things where riding a bike something like that where where you where that activity is so ingrained in your brain that your mind drifts, okay it doesn't come to a quiet place, it goes to a place of of uh uh analyzation or like i s- uh, i like I used to, the term wool gathering where it's going to reminisce about the past it might focus on certain circumstances or interactions that you had with people and replayed them. It might start thinking negative thoughts. It might be discursive thinking where it's just thoughts are all over the place and all kinds of different making lists. Anyway, the point was that we brought up noticing that while you're doing that task and then bringing your attention back to the task, right? Just a little review for you to remember. I would love to hear from you about How that worked or didn't work, um, I think it's uh, some pretty powerful stuff. Uh, The other thing that I wanted to mention, too, is I wanted to thank the people that have been supporting this podcast through the Patreon site. I don't know if you've heard of that, but there are some supporters there that help with the hosting and, and the expense that goes into making the podcast. And I just wanted to say thank you very much. If you want to become a patron, that would be great. It helps me um, buy new equipment and it helps me uh, pay the hosting on the website. That's patreon.com forward slash a quiet mind. I also wanted to thank our friend Lloyd Williams for the beautiful guitar intro and outro. Thank you, Lloyd. And if you want to find me on any of the social networks, I'm on literally just about everything, including the TikToks. <laughs> so you just got to search A Quiet Mind. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And I would love to hear from you. A quiet mind at gmail.com.